Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyana wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. Uh, I'm going to begin with another dua today that we typically don't read, uh, but it's a, a, an important dua because of the topic of today. Uh, and the dua is, Ya muqallibul qulub, thabbit qulubana ala ta'atik. Ya muqallibul qulub, O the one who turns hearts, thabbit qulubana ala ta'atik. Um, allow our hearts to be firm on your obedience. Um, the next hurdle that we're talking about. So this person has gained knowledge, and that knowledge woke them up to the reality of life. It woke them up to the reality of why we're here, what this is all about, what my purpose is in being in this dunya. And so now they want to start this journey. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, as we've been explaining, this is our fourth class. Imam Ghazali is saying, I'm going to lay out this journey for you. So you know what's coming next on the journey so that you can keep going forward. Because he doesn't want us to lose heart when we see the difficulties in front and not know which way to go. And our Prophet ﷺ has left us with such a beautiful tradition that we know what's on this journey ahead. We just got to learn it, y'all, and apply it. We just got to bring it into our lives. And this next one is a heavy one. Um, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the hurdle of toba, And toba means repentance. But Toba in Islam is more than just repentance. It's a state of heart. Toba is a state of heart. And I mentioned this before, but today we're going to go into more detail. It's a state of heart whereby a person is constantly realizing the flaws that they have before God. And they're constantly readdressing those and trying to become better. So he says, listen to what he says. Let's just let the imam speak. He says, he says, the next thing you have to do, O the one seeking worship, may Allah give you tawfiq, may he enable you to do good. Bit tawbah, may he allow you to do tawbah. That's the next thing. He says, there's two reasons why you got to make tawbah. He says, He says, you won't be able to do righteous deeds. You won't be able to do righteous deeds when you're when you're, when, you're, when you're carrying the burden of all those sins on you. So he says, The curse of sins. The curse of sins. It causes you to be deprived of stuff. It causes you to miss out on things. And so what, what he's teaching us here is something really, really deep that our, our, our Prophet ﷺ has taught us. In the Prophet ﷺ, in one hadith, he said, uh, um, sometimes a person listen closely y'all see here's the deal most of the time we slip up and we sin it's because we're trying to get more we're trying to level up we're trying to get more it's either pleasure or gains of somehow but the prophet said hold up let me teach you a reality the reality is that you may get that thing you may get that thing, but it will be deprived of any inner blessing or barakah. You may get the job. You may get the wifey. You may get the husband. No barakah. 
No barakah, no blessing. And so what, he, what the Prophet Sallallahu taught us here and what he's mentioning is that now you, you woke up, y'all. You woke up and you're like, what am I doing? I, gotta, I, I don't know how long I got in my life. I got to start moving. But there's something holding you back. And you're like, why can't I, I, why can't I do fudger? Why can't I have the desire to pray Isha? Why, why don't I feel like reading Quran? What's heavy holding me down? And he's like, it's not your imagination. There is something holding you down. It's the zanub, the sins that you have, that you haven't wiped away yet. So he says, He says that the, the shackles, he uses the word qayd as if they're, they're shackles. He says, the shackles of your sins stop you from walking towards worship. I want you to think about that for a moment, what he's trying to say. Those sins are holding you back. I read something from Ibn Mas'ud. This was deep. Ibn Mas'ud, he said, um, and, and I, I heard this from a sheikh before. There was a scholar that I went to listen to one time. And um, I was like, you know, trying to, you know, get close to him, talk to him. So I was like, yo, sheikh. I'm having trouble. This was my good old days, yo. I was really pious back then. I was like, Shake. I was like, Shake. I can't get up for Qiyamah late. I can't get up. I can't get up for Qiyamah late. And he said, from Detroit, he said, it's some sin holding you back. You need to turn to Allah tonight, wipe that away, and then let me know what happens next time I see you. He used to come monthly. And the next time he came, I was, Jesus. <laughs> He was like, it was the sins, right? I was like, yeah, it was the sins. He's like, exactly. That's what Imam, and now I know where he got it from, mashallah. It, that's what Imam, uh, Imam uh, Ghazali is teaching us. He's saying, he's saying, oh, hold on, though. See, once we start talking this, a lot of times we start, to, uh, we start to block out because we have so many sins. So right now in your mind, you're like, man, ain't nobody in this room as bad as me. That's what everyone here thinks, first of all. No one in this room is as bad as me. You've never done what I did. And so he's talking about, I can't do more ibadah until I get rid of my sins. Man, I'm done. I barely dragged myself into this halaqa. I barely got here. I want to share a hadith with you that I read. Listen to these words. Sidi Ahmed Zarruq narrates that the Prophet ﷺ, and this is from Musnad Ahmed. Inna Allah ta'ala yuhibbu kulla mufattanin tawabin. Indeed, God loves, loves. Think about what that means. Indeed, God loves every mufattanin, person in fitna. Huh? Don't stop there. What's the rest of the hadith? Tawab, who keeps coming back. Who keeps coming back. You in your brain, you think your fitna is what's pushing you away from Allah. But you're missing the key element. The fitna is not the thing. What's, what's missing is the element of tawbah, just coming back. Let me say the hadith again. Indeed, Allah loves every mufattanin, someone deeply caught in fitna, can't control the eyes, can't control the hands, can't control their tongue. But what quality do, do they have? Tawab. They just keep coming back. They just keep coming back. They just keep coming back. And you never know when your opening's going to come. You never know what's going to be that, that moment that opens your heart up. I, I, got, I was going to save this for the end, but I can't, I can't, I can't. Listen, because all of us think we're so bad. And, and, and it stops us from realizing what we can become. It's, it's not about who you are now. It's about who you believe you can be. 
And I need you to understand that Allah has promises for you if you just believe the, the ranks you could reach spiritually. It's not hitting you yet. Let me narrate one with you. Malik bin Dinar. Malik bin Dinar, he became a great scholar of our ummah. A great scholar of our ummah. Unparalleled in knowledge, his taqwa, his everything. His life is a book. Malik bin Nar, he says that, uh, Kuntu shartiyan, I used to be a police officer. Wa kuntu munhamikan ala sharb al khamar. He says, I love to drink alcohol. That's what I did. I drank alcohol. That's all I did. I was a police officer, and no donuts for me, just alcohol. That's what he did. He's like, then I got married. I got married. He says, I had a daughter. I had a daughter. I, I, I fell in love with her. I fell in love, her, in love with her. And she used to crawl on the ground. And as she would crawl around, my heart just filled with more love and love for her. So I watched her grow. And, and he says, every time that I would pick up the bottle to drink from, she would crawl towards me and she would pull it away from my hand and make it spill all over me. I loved her, though. I'd just smile and clean it up. And he says, uh, she was about two years old. And she died. She died. And it tore me up inside. I was, I was, I was, I was messed up. It was the 15th night of, of Sha'ban, and I, I fell asleep drunk. I didn't even pray Salat al Isha. And I saw a dream. Listen closely, y'all. I saw a dream as if it was the day of judgment. It had started already. The horn had been blown. People were coming out of their graves. And I was standing there. And I saw everything happening. And then all of a sudden, I looked behind me. And I saw this massive snake in his dream. I saw this massive snake coming after me. He's like, I was scared. So I began to run, run, run wherever I can. He's seeing this in his dream. And he says, I see this man in front of me who's shining white, white beard, white clothes, looking as if he's angelic. So I run up to him and I say, sir, sir, help me, help me. And the man says to me, he says, I'm too weak. I can't do anything. Why don't you go over there and see if there's anything for you there? So he's like, I keep running because this snake is behind me. And I run to this cliff. And when I get to the cliff, all I see is fire inside. And I hear someone say, stop, this isn't for you. So he's like, okay. He turned around and he began to run again. And he said, I ran past that shake again. I ran past that shake again. And I said, help me, help me. He said, there's a, there's, you see that building there? That, that beautiful castle there, go there. Maybe there's something there that can help you. He says, I run to the castle. And all of a sudden, the snake is behind me and I scream out, is there anyone that can help me? And from inside the castle, someone says, hey, everyone inside, look out and see if you can help this miskeen man. See if you can help this poor man. And he said, I noticed that children were looking out these windows until suddenly, from one of the windows, I saw my daughter. And she said, that's my dad. That's my dad. 
And then he said, I saw her get on what looked like light and come down next to me. And she held my hand. My daughter, she held my hand. And she just waved her hand at the snake like this. And the snake turned away. And he said, I hugged her and I held her. And I asked her, what was that? She said, that was your sins. That was your sins chasing you. They were big. I said, but who was that old man? She told me, that was your good deeds. She said, I said, well, what are you doing here? She says, we're here to help our parents who can't make it. And then she recited a verse to me. She said, Baba, Dad, has not the time come for us to fear God? She recited the verse. He said, I woke up, and that was my moment. I never looked back. I kept moving forward about who I could be. He said, that moment changed my life. I became something new in that moment. Malik bin Dinar wasn't born to some elite family of, of righteous people. Nah. Malik bin Dinar was an alcoholic cop who realized it was time to wake up because he saw a dream and changed his life. Changed his life. There was uh, one more story I want to share with you from our salaf. Uh, Ibrahim bin Adham, he's a very great scholar of our past. And I'm going to paraphrase this so we can read more Ghazali. I'm sharing these stories because I want you to realize what we could become. The great people of our ummah didn't start off in some pious families and righteousness all around them. Many of them started as, as alcoholics. There was a, a story of Ibrahim ibn Adham, great scholar. This isn't about him, it's about someone who was his neighbor. He says that on our block, there was this one guy who used to do all types of fawahish, indecent stuff. And we're in, we're in Baghdad, we're in this beautiful Muslim city, surrounded by righteousness. And this guy's into all types of indecencies. So he says, we went and talked to him. And we said, yo, like, you, you, please, can you just stop? We got kids around here, this and that. He goes, I'm, I'm not stopping. Get out of my face. They said, will you sell your home? He said, I'm not selling my home. It's not happening. They said, well, we're going to go to the sultan. We're going to go to the king. He's like, I work for him, yo. <laughs> Good luck. It's not happening. It's not happening. That night, Ibrahim bin Adham, he says, my heart was like sealed. I was done with this dude. Now, Ibrahim ibn Adham is a major scholar. He goes, that night, middle of the night, Qiyamulayl, I did wudu. Y'all know what's about to happen. I prayed my two rakah. I raised my hands. Y'all know what's about to come down, right? He's like, I raised my hands and I heard, don't, he said, I heard a sound. Don't make dua against him. He's an awliya of mine. He's a friend of mine. He's like, first of all, like, hold up. Then he goes, let me go next door. He goes next door, he knocks at the door, and the man comes to the door almost, he says, trying to say, I'm sorry, I realized what I did. He's like, I don't want to hear your excuse. 
Who are you? What did you do? Can I tell you what just happened? He told him the whole story. He was like, wallahi, an hour ago, I did toba to Allah. I'm changing my life. I'm changing my life. What I'm, I want you to realize is that, that the door is open until it's not open. The door is open. Hold on, it's not done. The story's not done. He's like, his heart changed and he moved. He's like, y'all, I'm going to be gone for a bit. He left. He's like, we didn't see him for a while. He was young. He was a young guy, 20 years old. We didn't see him for a while. He's like, that year, months later, months later, I decided to go for Hajj. He was like, I got to Masjid al-Haram, and I see a group of people, like, gather. You know, like, drama. Some of us like to know what's going on, right? Like, we pull up closer. Like, what's going on? So he's like, I want to go see what's happening. He says, I get closer to, to this gathering of people, and I see somebody passed away. They uncover his face. It's him. It's the same boy that just did Toba. What I, what I want us to realize is Imam Ghazali is going to tell you, Shaitan is going to tell you, as we talk about Toba, Shaitan is going to tell you, stop fronting. You're going to do the sin again. Stop fronting. You're going to do the sin again. And the hadith of Rasul Sallallahu the Prophet Sallallahu this is, this is this is beautiful. Hassan Basri, he said, a person came to him, Haytham, beautiful. A person came to Hassan Basri, he said, a man sins, then does tawbah, then sins again, then ta does tawbah, ila mata. Someone asked the sheikh, like, how long can that happen? Hassan Basri said, you just described the akhlaq of a believer to me. You just, you just described a believer. You just described a believer. Sins, turn back. Sins, turn back. Sins, turn back. So what does Imam Ghazali says? He's like, you need to do Tawbah. Why? Because you want to move forward. But you can't move forward. You won't wake up for Qiyamul Layl tonight until you make that moment of Tawbah where you're like, Ya Allah, I'm done. I'm done. Sin is not an option in my life again. Yamna'u min al-mashi. It stops you from walking. You can't run to service when you're held down by sins. You won't find the energy for obedience when, you're, when you have the sins on you. And then he says, and if you stay on the sin, Israr, the word in Arabic is Israr. It means you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. But I want to explain something. Israr is not that you keep doing it. Israr is that you do it, but you never stop to do toba from it to, to, to make that firm intention never to go back. Let me explain what I mean. The Prophet ﷺ in a hadith, he said, Ma asarra man istaghfara. Whoever says astaghfirullah is not perpetually doing the sin. Even if the person did the same sin 70 times a day. But from the bottom of the heart, the person goes, Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, forgive me. So he says, he says, uh, this sin, if you don't do toba, it will blacken your heart. You will find darkness and confusion in your heart. You won't find clarity and pureness. And here's what hit me hard. You won't find enjoyment in the worship of Allah. Man, y'all seen it before. Auntie, uncle, Ramadan, vibing in Tarawih. All you can think about is your feet hurt. 
I mean, just, he's just vibing, feeling every verse. Loving the fast, loving everything, smiling. And you're like, what's going on? That's what he says. He's like, the leather, the leather, the, the, the joy of ibadah isn't experienced because you have the sins. The moment you pure away, move away the sins, you get the real taste of it. And once you taste it, it's addictive. That first sajda I ever did, man, any other converts in here, man? Yo, like, that first sajda is like, oh, my God, this is, this is beautiful. It's addictive. And if you don't, if Allah doesn't have mercy, then one sin, and this is what's crazy, the problem with the one sin is not that it just stops you from more worship, but it actually pulls you towards another sin. This is the crazy part. How do you know, like, how do you know that the evil consequences of the sin are hitting you? The next sin, y'all. Now you don't, you don't feel me. The sin pulls you to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. But how do you know you're doing righteousness good? It pulls the next good deed to you. That's how you know the previous one was accepted. He says, Ya Ajaba. Let's move forward. He says, I'm amazed. How do you expect to get the ability to do righteousness when you have the misfortune and hard-heartedness of those sins? How do you expect to be called to service when you're perpetually disobeying? And how do you expect to be close in, in, in intimate dialogue when you're covered in filth. You expect Allah to bring you close for intimate dialogue and you're covered in filth? He says, How is this tongue going to be suitable for remembering God's name when all you do is use it for lying? What he's trying to say is you just got to do toba, you got to wipe it off. So what does he say? He's like, you have to give up. You have to submit to Allah. Now what does he say? The second reason, the second reason that you have to do toba, the reason why you have to do toba is so that your other actions are accepted. He says, I love his style. What does he say? You know somebody owe you money? Somebody owe you some money, right? A few stacks? And then they like buy you lunch. <laughs> Dr. Sub, like, you bought me lunch. You owe me two grand. Why you buy me lunch, bro? That's what he says. He's like, if someone owes you money and they give you a hadiyah, you be like, thanks, but no thanks? He said, you have sins on you, but you're doing this extra stuff. You're doing all this extra stuff. But Allah's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, Habibi. Just do toba for what you did wrong. So this is what he says here. He says, He doesn't, someone who you owe money doesn't take a hadiyah from you. He goes because seeking God's forgiveness is necessary. You have to. And all that other ibadah, that's extra. So he says, first do toba. I think I said it in week two. One of my teachers, he said the extra actions, the salah ala nabi. What is it? It's like itta, perfume. 
And what's the toba? Soap, man. Bar a dove. Bar a dove. How you putting itter on top of stank, yo? You got to scrub. You got to clean off. You got to put the itter on. My wife looking at me like, yeah, right. You're like, what you? <laughs> MashaAllah. No, so what the, the message here is what he's saying. Now, I want to explain something here. I'm going to go deep. This, these halakas, we go deep on purpose. Check this. This is Imam Ghazali's style. Imam Ghazali says, you want to move forward? You got to get rid of the negative. You got to get rid of the negative. So his methodology for, towards reform is stop trying to do more and just get rid of what's harming you. I had a teacher. He was like, the relationship to sins in your good deeds is like if you're in the car. Mashallah, this is a great example for Texas. If you're in the car and you roll the windows down, you can have the AC blasting. You're like, it's hot in here. But you roll the windows up, a little bit of AC goes a long way. My teacher was like, the, the heat coming in, close the door to the sins. A little bit of good deeds, you'll cool off real quick. So Imam Ghazali's style is deep. He goes, stop trying to do so much and just cut out the sins. You'll become a wali of Allah quick. Later scholars said, yo, people have changed. Later scholars came and they said, you know what? Don't even focus on the sins. Just do as much good as you can. Just do as much good as you can. Fill your time with good. So much good that you don't even have time to sin. One good halakha, this, lecture, that. Next day you got to wake up, next day work. Then this, then that. You're just filling your day with good. That's the other methodology, which is focus on the good. Just do as much good as you can. And then you won't have an opportunity for the evil. And it slowly gets pushed away. So what does he say? He says that uh, if you want your ibadah accepted, you have to get rid of the sins because that is the thing that's, that's on you. Let's move forward. He says, if you ask me, what is real toba? What is this toba? Sheikh, you've been talking about toba this whole time. What is this toba? And how do we do it? And how do we stay strong on it? He says, Amma toba. Toba is a movement of the heart. It's all here. We've, we've seen gatherings of awliya where everyone in the gathering did toba right on the spot. Hopefully that could be a night tonight. Everyone in the gathering just did toba. A whole gathering. Why? Because you don't have to move. But you have to make migration in the heart. Your body doesn't move a step, but your heart moves from one place to the next place. And we all know what it's like. Wallahi, I converted. I was on the same streets a block away from where I was before. I felt like I was on the other side of the earth. Because it wasn't my place that changed, but my heart that changed. And when the heart changes, everything around you is perceived different. So toba is a movement of the heart. Some scholars, they say, it's to take the sin out of the heart. See, one thing is the sin that you do with your hands. But a lot of us, the sin is actually stuck in our heart, y'all. Like low-key, that sin is in our heart. And Tawbah is to try to uproot that from the heart. Imam Ghazali says, my sheikh said, It's to choose that sin is not an option anymore. I love that, yo. 
Sin is not an option. It's not even an option in my life. It's not an option anymore. I'm going to leave out a sin. I'm going to leave out the option of sin, of something that I did previously for the sake of Allah only, out of fear of God's anger. Out of fear of God's anger. He says, if you want to make tawbah, if you want to make tawbah, there are three things that you're going to have to do. I want you to write these down. These have been extremely, extremely beneficial for me. Extremely, extremely beneficial for me. There are three things that you have to do to do real tawbah, to make your, to make your intention strong. Tawbah is, is, the, is the thought that I'm never turning back to that sin, ya Allah. I'm never going back to it. So there are three things that scholars write that will help you stay firm on your tawbah. The first thing I need y'all to do is be real for a moment. I don't know if y'all ever seen somebody addicted to drugs or alcohol. But first thing I'll tell you is you can't change them until they decide to change. The second thing I'll tell you is when they start to change, they consider themselves an alcoholic for the rest of their life. It's hard to explain this if you ain't never seen it before. Because they can slip up at any time. He gives a similar advice. He says, the first thing I need you to do if you're going to do Toba and you want to stay strong, right now you're like, that's it. I feel you, Shaykh. Like, that's it. Ya Allah, I'm moving forward. I'm getting up from this gathering a changed person. What am I going to do to stay strong, though? Number one. Run, run, run away from the place that you used to do that sin at. Don't visit that spot. Or if you can't do that, some of y'all are like, oh, dang, I got to go there tomorrow. <laughs> like, dang, I just qualify. I'm going to be there tomorrow. I was going to add to that, but then y'all going to start judging me. I'm just going to stop right there, Haytham. Gathering too big now. Yep. Like, so, so he says, If you can't avoid the place, then switch up the time that that sin would normally happen. So you don't go towards that place at the exact same time. So that spot for you, now, if you haven't dealt with addiction, you, you really are thinking this guy's crazy. But I'm telling you, I, when you go back to those places, it calls back that old self. I ain't been through, I ain't been through enough, man. I ain't been through enough, man. When you walk back those, those old streets, that old character comes back. Number one, run from the place, y'all. Try your best. Run from that place that that sin happened at. Run from that place, number one. Number two. The word that the, that the, the youngins use is sus, right? Stay sus of yourself. Don't ever feel like you got over it. It could be a month you haven't gone back to the sin. Don't sleep. It's still there. And it's just waiting for the right ad to pass by, the right thought to pass by, the right call to come through, and bam, you find yourself knee-deep right where you were before. You were like, man, I was good for four months. What happened? It's because number two. Number two. I, I brought this up before, man. 
One thing I started to do to help me with these sins is I started to use the nominal form with the sin, not the verbal form. Huh? Year one. Y'all like, shake. This ain't, uh, this ain't Qalam, Arabic class. We don't do that grammar stuff. Nah, hear me out. Hear me out, for real. I'm going to make it make sense, inshallah. Listen, whenever I brought this up before, you'll get it. Whenever we do something positive, we use the nominal form because it's a confirmed identity. We're like, I'm a runner. Not I ran last week. I'm a runner. Because you're like, that's who I am. Right? So with the sins, I need you to say something in your heart right now. Whatever that sin is you struggling with, say to yourself right now, I'm a, I'm a this or I do that. You're going to cringe inside. You're going to be like, oh, my God. Nah, yo, I did that, but I don't do that. But what he's telling you is, nah, that's you. That's you 20 years from now. It's not going to stop. Why would it stop? You're going to be the same person you were unless you choose. So what does he say, number two, y'all? What does he say? He says, you have to assume that that is still within you so that you stay away from that, so that you're always on guard. You're always on guard. He goes, if you don't, you'll fall right into it and not even realize you were there. Number three, number three, number three, number three. He says, oh, this is so beautiful. He says, اشتغال النفس عنه بما يقال بله. My mom, all of our mamas said it probably. The idle mind is the devil's workshop, y'all. He says, you have to busy yourself from something that fights that thing. He says, if it was physical, you need to do something physical. If it was mental, like the thoughts, you need to read a book or something. right? You need to preoccupy yourself. If it was physical for a lot of us to the young men, yo, get in jujitsu or something, man. Stop sitting around on a computer all day. Get out, run, sweat, do something. He says if it was physical, so he says to preoccupy yourself with something that will go against it. But look what he says. This is heavy. He goes, whenever you're actually fighting the sin, please hear me out on this. He goes, Anytime you remember the sin, always remember it with a sense of remorse inside. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you remember the sin, please don't, uh, it, like, you'll know what I mean. You remember the sin, but low-key, you're taking pleasure out of remembering the sin. You're thinking about the sin in a positive way. You're like, man, I did Toba from that, but low-key, like, you're thinking about it. He goes, no, that's dangerous because you're actually reinforcing it, making it harder and harder and harder. So anytime you think of that, you have to think about it in the worst way possible. You have to build a deep negative association with that thing. A deep negative association with that thing. I had a, I had a psych, psychology teacher, right? Y'all know negative association is, but just for, you know, the sake of the importance of it. I had a psych teacher uh, say, like, if you fell in love with somebody, how do you stop yourself from loving them if you can't, like, move forward? Right? This is a non-Muslim, all right? This is before I became Muslim, all right? Cool. And everyone's like, I don't know how. How do you do it? So he's like, here's what you do. You take a picture of the person, and you write everything negative you could think on the back of the picture. 
And whenever the thought comes, you look at the picture, like, breath be stanking. <laughs> right? I don't know. Whatever, yo. Whatever negative thing. Why? So that slowly, it was just what he taught us. He was like, slowly, y'all know, negative association. Slowly, every time you see the picture, you think it's stank breath. With the action, you could do the same thing, though. If you truly make a deep negative correlation to the sin that you were addicted to, like, like this thing will destroy my life. I'll be resurrected on the day of judgment with whatever. I'm going to leave it open for you. Create that negative association with that sin of how, how horrible it is. And that's why Imam Ghazali says, listen to this. He says, in order for you to do true tawbah, there are three things I need you to do. I know I'm giving threes and threes and threes. It's all good. Write it down. He says, there are three things that have to come right before Toba in order for you to do it. And we're going to do this tonight. He goes, I need you to truly think about how, how, how ugly, how horrible this sin actually is. Stop sugarcoating it in your brain. Think of the sin and imagine like, like people knowing you did that. Imagine the shame you would feel, man, if people knew that sin was you. He says, think about how, how, how ugly that sin actually is. Don't sugarcoat it right now. We're not sugarcoating it. You need to truly feel that sin right now. Why? Because it makes you realize how bad that is. Then he says, then he says, number two, number two. Right now, as you think of how bad the sin is, are you ready? Number two, think about how many blessings Allah has been giving you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you say something to your mom that you shouldn't have said. And then you really hit you like everything she does, especially when you get older. There's a nasheed, mama, I'm sorry, right? Like, you start feeling bad, yo. My kids love it, all right? What do you want to say? Like, like, you start feeling horrible because as a parent, you know what she, what she went through. And then you look back like, oh, mom, I was horrible when I was 17. I must have drove her insane. So, so, so it makes my action look even worse when I think about all the blessings that Allah has given me. I read one advice. Listen to this. This hit me like, this hit me crazy. It's beautiful. There was one scholar who came, to, uh, someone asked him advice, like, how do I get better? How do I get better? What do I do to become a better person? So uh, someone came to, who is the person? MashaAllah. I think I put my stuff in the wrong order. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Naam. So somebody came to Ibrahim bin Ad Adham and asked him, yo, can you give me some advice on how to uh, get rid of my sin? He said, I got you. I got you. It'll change your life. He says what? He says, uh, I'm going to give you five things that you could do. He says, number one, next time you want to sin, don't eat God's risk. Next time you want to sin, go ahead. Just don't eat God's food, yo. The man said, I, what do you want me to eat? He said, He said, how do you feel eating God's food and disobeying him? He said, all right, give me the number two. He said, the next time you want to sin, just don't do it in his land. 
He's like, where do you want me to go? He's like, how do you feel? You think it's okay to disobey him, eat his food, live in his house, live in his land? He said, okay, give me number three. He said, all right, next time you want to sin, just find a place where he ain't watching you. He said, I can't do that either. What's number four? He said, number four, oh, okay, you can sin. But when the angel of death comes, tell him, hold up, I need a few minutes. He said, I can't do that either. Exactly. You ain't eating your own food. You're not living in your own place. You're not, you're not, uh, uh, he's watching you all the time. You can't stop the angel of death. Y'all know what number five was? He says, when the angels of hell come and grab you and pull you to hell, tell him, nah, I, get back. He said, I can't do that. He said, exactly. He said, exactly. So number one is what? You need to, number one was what? Uh, uh, think about how bad the sin is. A lot of us keep brushing the sin off. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. La, la, alim, qabih. Number, number two was what? Remember the blessings. Number three, he says, remember the severity of God's punishment for that sin and how weak you are. He says, you can't take an ant bite. You can't take a little Texas sun. How are you going to handle the fire of Jahannam? Think of your weakness, yo. Focus on that. He goes, those three things, if you just keep thinking about them, how horrible the sin is, how blessed you are, how severe the punishment is, and how you can't handle it. Just let that go over and over in your head. He says, When you just keep thinking about this, keep thinking about this, keep thinking about this. And you do it regularly. Guys, this ain't a moment. This is a movement. This ain't about today. This is about forever. I'm trying to help us and myself learn how to make every moment a moment of toba, how we're constantly coming back. So what does he say? You do this regularly. Ataraf and nahar in the morning time, in the evening time. This will cause you to make pure toba to God. This will cause you to make pure toba to God. I know it's almost time for slot, but let's just read a little bit more, please. He says, um, This is his words, not mine. The only thing stopping me from tawbah, I know I'm going to go back to the sin. That's what's stopping me. I'm not going to be firm. I love Imam Ghazali. He's just speaking directly to our hearts. There's no point. There's no point. He says, listen up, y'all. This is a trick from shaitan. It's a trick from shaitan. How do you know what tomorrow holds, y'all? How do you know what you're going to do tomorrow? Maybe you die repentant before you even get a chance to come back to that dumb and you did tawbah. As for your fear of going back, 
Well, you got to have a firm heart. You got to have a firm heart. You got to be true. Man, I love vegans sometimes. Because they real. They're just like, I don't eat that. They don't care who around. Yeah, I, I don't eat that. Ugh. Yeah, like, I'm, I, I eat meat, y'all. <laughs> I don't roll with them. I respect it, though. What? I don't roll with theirs. Prophet loved me. I love me. <laughs> but the point is what I'm saying is that that character of like, I don't do that. I'm sorry. I, that's not me. I don't do that. That azam, that, that sincerity, that siddiq. You start it. You come with that. Allah will complete that for you. And if you slip up, even, now listen, this is beautiful. He says, let's say you do slip up. Guess what? You've already canceled out the previous sins. So there was still a benefit to the toba. There was still a benefit. Prophet said, when you do toba, it says if you have no sin. So shaitan tells you there's no benefit because you're going to do it again. But what Imam Ghazali is saying, first of all, you don't know that. That's a lie. Second of all, if you do happen to fall back, guess what? You've already canceled out previous sins. You're starting fresh. Not to mention the doors of worship that open because of that toba that you did. Because of that toba that you did. Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, time is running out. There's so much to say, but Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, he says... Um, one of the biggest things that you're going to have to overcome, he talks about this in the book, but when it comes to Toba, you got to ignore the people, y'all. This is between you and Allah. This will be between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Choose your way. Choose your path. Choose your path. Don't worry about the people and keep moving forward. So he says, uh, even if you fall back at the sin, fall back to the sin, then... You've already erased your previous sins. You got rid of everything else, and now you only got one sin on your record. This is a great benefit. Don't let fear of falling back stop you from toba right now. Listen, y'all. Um, there's more to say on this topic. I'm going to come back to it next week a little bit, and then we'll move on. But I want us to understand. There's a lot more on the topic. But I want us to understand. Um, the, 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 Allah loves the people that keep coming back. All that Allah wants from us in this moment, this moment, next moment isn't promised, this moment, is to turn towards him. Turn towards him in this moment. Look at the sins that you have on your record. Think about the sins that you are addicted to, that you're caught up in. Think about how horrible those are. If you were to stand up on the day of judgment and your name is called in front of everyone and they look at your record, the, the narration says, we'll watch your movie play in front of us moment by moment by moment by moment. Your mother, your grandfather, your, whoever you look up to, watching every moment of your life. But the toba erases it all. Toba is, is, is not something you wait on. It's something you do right in this moment right now that, oh Allah, 
whatever my heart is addicted to, Ya Allah, take that out. You know, there's one last thing I want to share. Sulaiman, Sulaiman alayhi salam in Surah Al-Sad, he's described as being tawab, awab, always going back to Allah. And Sulaiman alayhi salam, he made a, like a, a small mistake, a small mistake, not a sin, but a small mistake, which was uh, he had this amazing uh, 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 cavalry like of, of horses, and uh, they were being lined up, and they were beautiful horses, well-trained, right? And so he's, he's watching them as they're being brought out, and he, he's loving it. It's just they, they look beautiful. And he doesn't realize, but the time for the asr passes, and he misses his asr. And, as a, and, and, and the, the Quran tells us that, He's like, I was loving this goodness so much that I forgot to remember Allah. The story goes forward, right? Where he finally asks, He says, oh Allah, forgive me. But check it. Right after he says, oh Allah, forgive me, he says, Oh Allah, give me a kingdom like none ever. What's crazy is, when you truly understand Allah, then you're going to connect what you want with the istighfar. You would think, you would think that it would just be like, oh Allah, forgive me. That's it. He goes, nah. When you know who you're dealing with, you're going to slide in that next dua too, right with the istighfar. So not only does he say, forgive me, but he goes, ya Allah, forgive me and give me. Because who we're dealing with here, we're dealing with Wahhab. We're dealing with Kareem. We're dealing with the most merciful. So uh, Imam Ghazali says, this is a hurdle, y'all. It's a hurdle that we have to cover, we have to cross. It's the hurdle of Tawbah. Make it a, a frame of mind every night in the evening. You start off fresh, you clean your heart, ready to move forward. And if you die that night, clean slate, y'all. Clean slate. May Allah make us of those who are regular in Tawbah. May Allah give us the ability to move away from the places of Tawbah, to, to busy ourselves uh, with things that preoccupy us from the sins that we are addicted to. May Allah give us hearts that are firm on this way, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakumullah khair. We're going to continue next week, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, there's a few more points to this hurdle that will help us cross it, inshallah ta'ala. And then we'll move on to the next one. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.